Okay, people, my next guest needs no introduction, but I'm going to do one anyway. He is real Mike Wilbon, and he keeps it real. He's authentic and says what's on his mind. I've read his columns, watched him on PTI, and chatted with him at many an NBA arena as we work shoulder to shoulder. In this pod, we talk about the state of sports, or rather no sports, if golf could be the first mainstream sport to come back. He gives us a glimpse of what to expect with the Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance, coming out next month. The changes to PTI, from pardon the interruption to pardon the isolation, and what he is doing to socially distance himself from being glued to sports. This is Just for Sport in 3, 2, 1. All right, thanks, Mike, for joining me. I really appreciate it. Uh, how are you doing out in Phoenix? I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good. I mean, if, you, if you're going to be someplace, hold up. Uh, well, you got to be, yeah, I'm using the word confined. It's relative. Mm-hmm. I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona. Uh, it's not hard to be, to practice social distancing because nobody should be within hundreds of yards of you. I mean, you know, I, I feel for my friends and colleagues and family members and every people I just know in New York City, uh, which is ground zero for this, the I-95 corridor and how, you know, dense it is. And one of my dear friends who's a physician who has run hospitals in his life, he told me three weeks ago, he said, density is the enemy. Wow. And I said, where should I be holed up during this? And he said, if you still got your house in Scottsdale, go there. <laughs> and so I'm coachable. Yeah. <laughs> I, I listened. You know, I mean, we can do things out here and never see a person, but that's the way life is. It's not New York City. Mm-hmm. And everybody who lives back east thinks that life, people live on top of each other. They, we don't mm-hmm. out here. And I, I know this because I live on I-95, I-95 corridor usually. Yeah. And I don't want any part of it, and I feel guilty saying that because of it. Mm-hmm. And I feel bad for people who have it, but, um, you know, it's just, um, I'm glad I'm here in Arizona and not back east. And, it's funny because, I mean, obviously none of us ever thought we would be where we are. And I'm, I'm just like you, you know, I'm watching the NBA and they said, oh, the, the, the games are going to, the league's going to be postponed tomorrow. And then that night, the referee who had worked that jazz game, uh, you know, is like, hey, maybe we have to shut it down immediately. Looking ahead, how much have you missed? not just the NBA, but just sports in general. It's been so tough for everyone whose sports has been, you know, a lifeline, something we're, you know, always in tune to. I miss my life in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, the life that we live. I like going out to dinner. I like having lunches with my friends. I like being in the newsroom of PTI in downtown Washington, D.C., six blocks from the White House. I miss all of that. I miss being able to you know, dap up my, my boys and hug, you know, women. Mm-hmm. I miss all of that. Um, and sports is, uh, you know, high on the list. It's not higher than some of those things I just mentioned, though. But yeah. it's high. It's high. It's high for all of us, even the people who don't realize that they make of it. It's obviously high. I mean, I make a living doing it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's vocation and avocation. Yeah. You know, um, and, and, and we're going to miss it for a while. Like, I don't trust any of these optimistic reports I hear yeah. about, um, you know, stuff going to be, well, we're going to get this together in May. No, no, you're not. Don't mm-hmm. get anything together in May. It's April now. And let's just hope, 
I mean, you know, I might be too optimistic hoping playoffs could be out there in August. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe the people who are saying, you know, Kirk Street said a week ago that he was doubting, he was cynical about, not cynical, but he, he just was afraid that we would miss the upcoming college football and pro football season. Mm-hmm. That, that's six months away from starting. Wow, yeah. Five months in the case of college football and six in the case of pro football. And, and and now a week later, one week later, I'm sitting there going, you know what? He was probably on to something. Mm-hmm. And I, I certainly talked to enough people in the medical and scientific communities that their tales are cautionary. Even people who made a living in pro football, like um, I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on my man who went to Florida State who was uh, in neurosurgery at, at Mass General, uh, who's on Sports Center today. My, my oh, role. yeah, um, yeah. That was a Rhodes Scholar who, mm-hmm. who both played college football and played pro football for three years. And when faced with the question about, you know, Pash's statement that they're, you know, they, they plan to go on with the season as usual, Myron Rose, Myron Rowe, again, a neurosurgeon who's on the front lines in Mass General of fighting this disease, said that's optimistic. Mm-hmm. No, 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 not optimistic. I'm sorry. That's ambitious. That we that's even yeah. worse than optimistic. Ambitious is the word he used to describe Pash's you know, statements that the league hopes to play. And by the way, it's okay to be optimistic, but you got to have some realism drop in there somewhere, and, and hopefully people aren't misleading folks. I don't think the NFL's done that. I don't think they've misled anybody in saying we hope to do this. But you got to have some, some a dose of realism to, 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 to really sit and have a, a, a frank but honest and meaningful discussion about sports and its place in the culture right now. And the thing is, you know, speaking of, place in the culture if you go back to 9-11 sports is what unified the country and now we don't have that to unify the country so I feel like we're all in this state of unfamiliarity that's just it will not get back to normal well I mean we we can hope it does at some point I just think that that's the that point like where is it Mm -hmm. somebody said if somebody said to us, we have to do without this until, and they gave a fixed date. I mean, we all know how to deal with fixed dates, right? Mm-hmm. We know how to deal with deadlines in the world, particularly in America. You know, okay, we got this. What do we do until we get to this point, and then we get to go back? We, but it's the uncertainty. You said it. It's a great word. The uncertainty is such that we don't know anything. Mm-hmm. We don't know when we can sit in a restaurant. So we don't know we're going to be able to sit next to somebody in the stadium. Yeah. And it. It just it becomes more worrisome to me by the day, particularly as we are looking at um, the infected and, and, and death tolls rising. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it, this is not, there's no rosy picture out there. Yeah. And not having a rosy picture, you know, I know that NBA was rolling, NFL draft, opening day for baseball was, was coming up, your Cubs. You know, March 26th was going to be the start of baseball, and it's no longer. And I, I know that you have an affinity for all sports, uh, and, and especially in Chicago, but just baseball, America's pastime, how is how have you thought of when that may come back, at least because that was a league that never started. Like, I feel like there was a storyline with the NBA that wasn't going to – you know, be able to finish the season or when it will come back, but we don't know anything about if baseball will even get going. No, we don't. And that didn't even seem like a, 
it didn't seem like we needed to take it that far. Mm-hmm. A week ago, one week. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, 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 you know, we talk about things being fluid. I mean, things things are so fluid. I haven't even looked at the news today. Uh, some, you know, I watch, I, I consume some news regarding the coronavirus every day, usually in the morning and at night. Uh, and certainly before doing the, the, the PTI and the way that we've been doing it the last two weeks. But we, we things are so, things move so quickly. And so baseball was like, okay, they're going to postpone it, but, you know, we'll get to that this summer. Well, I mean, we don't know. Yeah. You know, what are we going to get to? Yeah. And uh, and I, I hadn't even tried to think of baseball yet, because baseball is one of those things, well, yes, I grew up, baseball was my first love in, in sports. Yeah. And I pay attention to it and obsess over it and all that. But I don't do that till the middle of the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 the NBA uh, playoffs, which we we would be now. You know, we have about what ten games left yeah. in the regular season. Yeah, um, we we have that. We'd have even fewer than that in the NHL. We would we would be uh, approaching the final four. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's all those things that I that I really miss much more than baseball and football, which and football is. You know, hasn't missed anything and it's going on as usual and has provided like 75% of all the sports discussion yeah. over the last two or three weeks, I feel, is the NFL. Yeah. You, I, I listen to I listen to Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm a little, you know, you're a big, uh, but you guys joke about how it's not like Tom Brady can't sign with a new team every week, but <laughs> that was like the best news that anyone had in a long time. It was. It was the only. It was the only news out there, and and they tried to string it out. We tried to string it out for days, and we did string it out for days. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's no longer news. And now we got Brady and Peyton Manning, and whether they don't play in a golf event with Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson. Yeah. And so now you have, you know, you have all that working. Um, and Brady just stays in the news because Brady's in the news, and because you can't. What are you going to do? You can't really have. There's no news, there's no legitimate news involving LeBron James or Kevin Durant or Steph Curry or anybody who's playing basketball. They just try to wait this out as well. Brady provided the news, and even that now has gone away. And, you know, there's a draft coming up, and God knows, I think the draft is the most overcovered, overhyped thing in the history of sports anyway. Mm-hmm. And now it, it's got the stage all to itself, which is both frightening and comforting. Comforting if you like Anyone have any sports conversation at all? This legit is going to be about the draft over the next three weeks. Yeah. Uh, when we would ever come back? You play golf. You you mentioned Tiger. Golf maybe could be one of the first sports to come back. I mean, I know they normally play in the foursome or threesome, but you could almost. Would it be too crazy to say, okay, Tiger could just tee off and play by himself, or it could be a twosome? You don't need to play by yourself. You don't need to play by yourself. There's plenty of room. Right. Bad. I mean, the, you know, this players after they after the tee box, they could avoid each other at the tee box. They yeah. Further away from each other at the tee box, they, they're not within a few feet of each other anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just not. And so, social distancing is not only not difficult to practice on the golf course; it's pretty common. Yeah. It's it's, it's the standard fare. I mean, you know, I've been out on the golf course here, and my son, who was 12 years old, looked at me one day a few days ago. We were out on the golf course in Arizona. And he said, Dad, we're supposed to be like six feet from each other, right? I said, yeah. He goes, well, we're like 400 yards from each other right now. I'm like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly right. And so people who want to shut down all the golf courses are usually people who don't know what the hell they're talking about or they've never been on a golf course. They don't even know 
that whatever they're doing mm-hmm. is not going to keep them as far away as people on a golf course. So some of that is just lazy and intellectually lazy and, and, and just uninformed. But I think that that event could happen. Mm-hmm. I hope it does. I hope it happens right here in Arizona where plenty of golf courses where it could happen. Yeah. Um, and we'll see if, if, you know, putting that together would draw enormous numbers, I would think. Mm-hmm. And look, uh, in normal golf tournaments, not every player has a gallery. Not every threesome has a gallery. Yeah. That, that, you, can, you can walk up on obscure guys and follow and talk to them during the round mm-hmm. if they know you. Yeah. And so, obviously, there's social distancing. There's nobody with the gallery. There's mm-hmm. no gallery. There's nobody with those three players. So, um, you know, a lot of this needs some common sense application and not hysteria. And golf is one of those things that could be done if, if people wanted to undertake it. If they don't want to undertake it, they don't want to pursue it, they think times are too serious, and don't watch. Yeah. But for people who wanted to, I think I would hope it would be available if they decide to have that event. You talked about on PTI about quarantining players. Could you see that being an option for if the NBA wants to come back? Hey, keeping players no, in Vegas and everybody plays there. No, these are the richest people in the world. They go quarantine them for like what? I was like, I'd be six weeks for some of them mm-hmm. away from their children. No, 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 no. I don't see it at all. I just think it's, it smacks of desperation. Mm-hmm. And I understand why, because we are desperate. We are desperate yeah. to get this thing off of us, to, to have life return as we know it, to just save life. Mm-hmm. But do I think that's going to happen? No, I think that's way too desperate. And I don't see it happening in the Premier League. I don't see it happening in the NBA. I don't see it happening in the NHL. I don't see it happening in any of our major sports. Can you do that in smaller things you can control where people make less money? Yes, you could. Well, because that to... You know, millionaire athletes? No, you're not. Because if it if it but let's say it butts up against the next season and it's September when players are coming back for the next season, then wouldn't the league say, well, maybe we just need to play next season and forget last season? Like, what would be worse, doing that or trying to resume where we left off? I, I don't know because it depends on how deep we get. Depends on what the leagues are willing to do. If the, you could have the NBA playoffs in August or September. I'd be glad to have those to to sort of put the finishing touch on this season and start the next season Christmas Day mm-hmm. or New Year's Day yeah. and play a 70-game season. I don't think that's going to work either because people. this is about money. Yeah. And it's about how much money people are willing to lose if they have an option to do something else, like keep their money. Mm-hmm. And so I think all the leagues are going to have to come to, to, to grips with that. And so how, how late you, – you, and you're asking a totally legit question – how late do they go before they cut it off? And I don't, I, we, we, gladly, we don't know the answer to that yet because we haven't reached a point where we have any, we don't know how long we're going to be living these lives yet. Yeah. Um, but I think we, I think we have a little ways to go before we get to seriously entertain that. And speaking of entertainment and sports, uh, ESP had announced the early release of the Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance, which is now April 19th. You are prominently featured in this documentary. I know you can't wait to How do see you it. You know that. You know that. You had you had to be because you're Chicago, just as much as DC. You're Chicago, <laughs> no, Mike. No, I no, you know about the editing room floor. <laughs> I have no idea what's going to be kept and, and, and discarded, but I know I can't wait to see it because it's not the stuff that I, it's stuff I already know that I want to see. It's stuff I know I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's plenty I know I don't know that happened in that 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 season. And plenty. Yeah, and there's stuff 
stories that will be told about the previous seasons. I know I don't know mm-hmm. because I did participate and, and I sat down and was interviewed. And anybody, I wasn't around those bullet teams every day. I wasn't working in Chicago. I was working in Washington. Yeah. Although, you know, those last three years, you know, the, the newspapers still had money. More of them had more money in the 1990s. And so the New York Times, the Washington Post, the L.A. Times, the Chicago Tribune, of course, those Chicago papers Tribune, sometimes with the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, the, the papers in the Bay Area, Dallas Morning News, Newsday, New York mm-hmm. Daily News, all those papers covered. We covered Michael Jordan. Yeah. We, we covered we covered him like a beat. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, people were around. But I know there's even, even those guys, there's a lot of stories we don't know, and, and I can't wait to hear them and see them. Could you share one of your stories about Michael? Maybe if it's not one that's in the documentary, but just something that you remember well, of him. Not, but it's, you know, some of those some of those stories are, are totally, and, and you can identify with this having worked with and been around athletes and owners and teams and franchises. Those stories were off the record often at the time. Mm-hmm. They have been told on tape. I mean, they've been told on, mm-hmm. on camera. Mm-hmm. But until they air, until they air, to me, they're still off the record because I don't own that intellectual property. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see which stories Michael tells that nobody knows because he owns the intellectual property because it's him. Yeah. And it, it, and these are his stories. And, and it, yes, in some cases, I, I can tell you, some of these stories, when they appear, they'll be on the record. Obviously, they'll, they'll, they'll go for being confidential to the people who were told they were told confidentially to being to, you know being told on, on camera so they'll be on the record but I, until he, until they air I, I don't feel like it's my story to to, to, to own or to tell mm-hmm. they're his stories because they were they were a lot of these things were told in confidence and so I that's, again that's why I'm telling you I can't wait yeah. not only that, let me let me let me share this part mm-hmm. there are stories that we thought we knew or there are parts of stories I know and the stories are fleshed out by him and his teammates. Wow. And so that's really cool. Like, there are stories that I know part of. I was privy to part of a story. Mm-hmm. But then later that night, the Bulls plane left and guys were on the plane. And now guys who were on the plane are talking about the story. Yeah. And so there's, this is what I mean by stuff I don't know, even about the stories I know something about. Yeah. Yeah. And that's gonna make the whole thing fascinating. And then, then there's stuff I don't have any not I I don't have any knowledge of. Plenty, plenty of stories I have no knowledge of, or some things I might have had. You know, you might have heard a little bit about. And somebody asked you to keep that in confidence. And yeah. I mean, they're, they're the most famous people in basketball, also who are speaking on the record of, uh, in this documentary. So I can't wait to see that. What? Were you just going to watch this at home, or originally was there going to be some big premiere event that you were going to go yeah, to? And there every... was a big premiere. Yeah. Yeah, there was, and there it is no more. Um, yeah, there was a big premiere, and I was going to watch it. I was going to watch the premiere. Mm-hmm. Um, I was invited, and thankfully was happily invited and happily accepted. Yeah. But that, uh, you know, that's not going to happen. It's, I'm going to watch it with, I'm, I'm glad to watch it with my son, mm-hmm. who's 12 yeah. years old. And who, who, because of his father, his favorite team is the Bulls, and his favorite player, they weren't Scotty and Michael, with Derrick Rose and Lou Dang and wow. guys more recently than that even. And yeah. um, Otto Porter? Know, his, his, his <laughs> yeah, now he keeps talking about Otto playing, and one day Otto's a premier shooter in the league. I'm like, yeah, but got to get him on the court. Yeah, yeah. And he's got to be healthy enough to play. 
and he wears, you know, bulls jerseys and shoes and all that stuff too. Mm-hmm. But he gets to now see. I mean, I, 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 you know, I worry about younger people having the attention span to sit and indulge this for hours and hours and hours. I think like the only person in the pop culture who can do that, one of the very, very few, maybe the only one in sports, is Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. And because of the just the lore and the regard in which he's held, so I think my son can watch all of it. He he, whenever the Bulls are on there, I notice he stops and sits. Yeah, he'll stop dribbling for that. He'll stop dribbling for Scotty and Michael. Yeah, yeah. And so now we're going to have this, and and so it's going to be interesting to see him uh, consume it. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting to see like how our current young players like Zion Williamson going to consume it. Oh yeah. Zion was born after the last dance. Mm-hmm. So wow. how are young players in the league going to consume this? Is it going to change the way they feel about things? I don't know. Just it's as, going to be fascinating to see. I'm glad I'm going to be at home watching it with my own son. Yeah, just as much as I'm looking forward to watching it, I would enjoy just as much if, like, they do on the – national uh championship for college basketball if they if they had like you in a room with a player and maybe a general manager and hearing you all talk about your stories as you're watching the documentary kind of like a director's cut i think that'd be kind of cool well maybe. yeah we, we would have to stop the action all the time though to stop the cut so we wouldn't be talking you're right yeah great stories i i think this is going to be unique in that way mm-hmm. that you're speaking to now i think that i i, I look i don't know because i haven't seen it yeah, but I know what's in it, and I—I I mean, I know you know—I know in terms of what kind of materials in it. Yeah, I just think it's got to be riveting. I think it's got to be riveting, and I hope that two generations of people will turn their damn phones off and stop staring at their phones <laughs> and watch this. Yeah, and don't try to multitask. Just watch that. Uh, speaking of watching something, you had pardon the interruption turned to pardon the isolation. Now you're doing pardon the interruption within Sports Center. What has it been like adjusting to every day? You know you're going to be doing a show from Phoenix. And your background suggests you're actually in a studio, not at home like Tony. And the show is much shorter. Yeah, well, because the show is a part of SportsCenter now. We right. Got, you know, we, there's, a, there's a collaborative effort, which is different from what we normally do. And that's been going on for, you know, the second week now. And it may go on for longer. I'm not sure how long it's going to go on. But... Um, that's what the network wants. It's been met with, um, you know, and so that's what, you know, we're doing. The news is still, look, we don't have an inventory of games. The news is still the thing, and that's what Sports Center is for the forgiveness. It, it is the news of record as, as, it, as it involves sports um, for the masses. And so, you know, that's what it is. Uh, yeah, I'm in a studio where the greatest of precautions is taken um, the sneaky big studios in, in Arizona, and um, it's 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 interesting to go and do and see. Mm-hmm. And Arizona is under is a lot less stress than than, than New York and the I ninety five corner where I normally live and do that show. Yeah, but I'm happy to do it right where I am and uh, be socially distanced yeah. in a way that in a way that I would never know back in DC. Do you uh so but when if you did something from home is Lil Bond recording it who who's taking care Matthew of you Matthew is recording uh Matthew is recording we can't call him that at this at 12 years old he would fight you he's ready to swing at you Matthew so he's it's, no, so he's Matthew and I'm sure one day soon he'll tell me he's Matt so he's you know he's 
Yes, he's the videographer. I told him Dave's mine. He he moved an umbrella and set it up in the sun and moved a couple of chairs. I'm like, what are you a director now? Yeah, yeah. He got director <laughs> cut over here if he shoots something for me for Instagram. So yeah, who knows? Maybe he'll be behind the camera and stuff, unlike his old man. And the funny thing is, you talk about millennials so much, and and you're you're doing great on social media. You're real Mike Wilbon on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Everybody's loving your content. You're embracing it. Well, thank you, thank you. I appreciate you saying mm-hmm. that. That for somebody who's known me for a while, and you know how crotchety I am. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm. I, I am. So just now, literally, this is what's so funny. Matthew, who was again 12, he just asked me as I walked in from doing today's PTI. He said, uh, Dad, do you ever go on Instagram to just, like, for your own pleasure? And I had to think about it. Yeah. And, I, you know, I do occasionally. Like, I went on yesterday, and I was so glad Magic had a great rant about, you know, for people who think that Zion is the best college player of all time, or even with, with God knows, total respect, Michael or... Larry or Magic. No, 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 no. At Lou Alcindor was the greatest college basketball player of all time. Period. Yeah. yeah. Period. He was 88 and two. Yeah. And so, you know, Magic posted this yesterday, God bless him. And I, it, it was it, it was the cause, the trigger for me to jump off on a rant today about people, like even my man Stephen A., my dear friend. And, and Stephen A. is something of a historian. Mm-hmm. Stephen A. knows basketball decades deep. He was talking about Chris Jackson and Leitner and Grant, and I, I love all those guys. And Leitner and Hill are on my list of, if I did top 25 college basketball players of all time, both those guys would be on it. And, and, and by the way, I think I have both of them in the top 12 to 15, but maybe top 10. But yeah. it's Lou Alcindor. Yeah. That's who it is. Mm-hmm. It's Lou Alcindor, 88 and 2 with three national championships. And people who don't know that should be ashamed. So, you know, so I have to take a shot at millennials. To at least two generations of people for not knowing it and not caring. Yeah. And coming up and saying, oh, I'm going to take Shaq or was it Zion, I forget, over Danny Manning. No, Danny Manning led his team to a championship. Yeah. You know, and people should know that and they don't. And there's, they don't have any shame over not knowing it. They just forge ahead being loud. And so that stuff is kind of the stuff that gets me to take off on social media and millennials. And if people don't want to hear that from me, they're going to have to turn and go somewhere else because that's what they're going to get. It's a shame because some people may not even know that Lou Alcindor and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar are the same person and that he still holds yeah, a record. You're so right. You no. know that's the truth. <laughs> yes. He holds the title for most okay, points scored. I'm going to ask you this. Even though you are conducting this, I'm going to ask you this question. Okay. As somebody who's a young man mm-hmm. but who knows, who has studied the history of basketball and has made a living in the industry, Mm-hmm. When you hear people say this stuff as a young man, you feel how? You think what? I think that we do not pay enough respect to the history of not just basketball, but any sport that you don't mm-hmm. know the history. And and to think that even if you understood who Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is and only connect him to the fact that LeBron James would still take, what, five, six seasons to score as many points as he did in the NBA, but you would still, if you said who are the top five players in the NBA, like you talked about Matthew, you wouldn't hear most people talk about Lou Alcindor. You may not even hear about Muhammad Ali. You may hear more about Deontay Wilder than you'd hear about Muhammad Ali. <laughs> that's, that's sad. You certainly hear more about Floyd Mayweather than Ali. Yes. Floyd Mayweather couldn't hold Ali's glove. 
No, but he yeah, I mean, he taught him how to you dance. Know, you feel similarly. He taught him how to dance. That 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 that, that is incredibly well said. I'm gonna steal it from you. Yeah. <laughs> and in the future, but yeah. So so all of this stuff it ticks me off. Yeah. Um. Sometimes, and I can't engage social media as much as I did. But I'm gonna tell you the person who really has put a great touch on social media in terms of knowledge and history, and just sort of broadening it and doing it with his his legendary, iconic smile, and wonderful personality is magic. Yeah. Magic doesn't... I, look, I, I should, I, this is like peeking behind the curtain. I shouldn't tell people this. Don't think magic don't get angry. Because <laughs> he yeah. does. He just never shows it like people who are crotchety like me. Irvin, Irvin continues on his way and puts his... He puts it in his brand. Yeah. He, you consume it in his brand, which is more pleasant than damn near anybody's brand ever. Yeah. I mean, his smile was infectious. I mean, Michigan State, Showtime. I mean, he's Showtime. I mean, I know Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but Kareem was made more, way yeah, more laid right. back. You're right. You are right. You are absolutely on the money. Magic is Showtime. And, yes, Kareem and Worthy and Rambus and Byron Scott and McAdoo and later Michael Thompson and all those guys were part of it. Mm-hmm. Norm Nixon early on. But it was magic. Yeah. And his smile and his bringing that ball of court and doing God knows what with its sleight of hand. It was all of that. And um, I, 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 I'm thankful to Magic for the way he has embraced social media. And we're, I'm only, I only got about eight months on Magic, but, you know, <laughs> he, he he's a lot younger at heart when it comes to social media than I am. Yeah. And the thing is, I mean, I feel like people are going to get even more expressive as they have to stay in more and more and longer and longer without that human interaction, not just on the phone, but like going to see people and talking to people. I think people are going to get more expressive. It's just, it's well, just it's a good. product of it. Yeah. And if anything, if it forces that, that it, look, we're, we're all looking for silver linings, right? Mm-hmm. And my silver lining is that, okay, our children have by and large overwhelmingly not been affected. Yeah. That's my silver lining. But you know, Another one, you, 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 you raise a great point, um, and we don't talk to each other. I mean, I get on planes. People don't talk to each other on planes. Mm-hmm. They don't talk to each other in elevators. They don't talk to each other. They just look at their handheld. Yeah. And maybe if this forces, you know, that sort of human interaction that you are suggesting, mm-hmm. God, I hope you're right. Yeah. And um, if, it, if it can force that, then we will have... You know, maybe on the other side, when we are forced to be introspective, we can see some things that we've gained. And speaking of introspective and and people thinking about others as a country, as a world, you got all of these athletes that are donating money. Drew Brees donating, you know, more than anyone ever expected to help the people of New Orleans and the United States. I mean, players are, are in many ways probably recognizing that, hey, we have to do something here. Yeah, 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 no, that, that there's, there's no question about that, that people, look, people are coming to their rescue in a heroic way. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, um, while I might um, decry certain things that have happened over the last couple generations, generosity and the spirit of giving is not lacking at all. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be greater than in a lot of years and times past. And you, you mentioned a few of the people, you know, Kevin Love was one of the first ones who said, I don't want the hourly wage earners at the queue to suffer because they don't have, you know, Cavs games. What, let me let me donate. I mean, I, you know, yeah. people doing wondrous things. And um, Drew Brees, five million you know, dollars, Mike. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, that's 
you know, that's unbelievable. And people can, and people can say all they want. And, and I've heard some people say of folks in their donations, well, they make so much money. Hey, don't I don't try to spend anybody else's money. Mm-hmm. When people are in that kind of giving spirit like Drew Brees, that is phenomenal. Yeah. Imagine, imagine people minus $5 million in those efforts. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, God knows. I mean, virtual hugs to... Drew Brees and his wife and family, and he's he was like this during Katrina. Yeah, doing this again. I mean, this is I mean, this is somebody who's committed to doing something for people other than himself, and he is to just be, as far as I'm concerned, any criticism of him is unwarranted and stupid. Yeah. It should be just turned tuned out. As you're trying to stay tuned in, being at home, what are you doing to get out and and just kind of enjoy Phoenix and not feel so claustrophobic? Well, you can be out here. I mean, we, we like I said, we we have social distancing just by nature where we live. We're not living on top of each other. This is not New York. Yeah. And I'm a person who maintains a, my 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 full time residence is is on that I ninety five corridor. In Washington, Greater Washington D.C. Yeah, and I, I can tell you the stress here. I was there at the start of this. The stress here is not nearly the stress there, and I'm sure the stress in Washington ain't the stress in New York, in New Jersey. And I understand why. And I worry about friends, colleagues, family members who live in the metropolitan area who are, seem to be at much greater risk. There's a much greater uh, death toll, and so I I, I, I get it. We don't have that out here. We have the same general overarching concerns, but I'm outside as I talk to you right now. Yeah. I'm oh wow. On a golf course a little bit later, just taking a few steps there just to be out. People yeah. Want, people are not within hundreds of yards of me. Yeah. Much less six feet. And so we've got a different, you know, daily interaction with it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean we don't have the same general concerns, and we 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 we, we you know again. I, most of my life plays out back there. And yeah. I'm worried about people and situations and institutions and small businesses and doctors and nurses I'm friends with. Um, but, you know, I'm out here now. And I'm glad I'm here just, just to keep the stress level lower and try to have something that more resembles the life I usually live than not. Is there anything you are watching, maybe something that's non-sports related? Because I know you're all you're all <laughs> tuned into sports, but now you got Netflix, Hulu, you know, Amazon yeah, Prime. I've never had before, yeah. It, well, there, you know, one, there's old movies. I yeah. Mean, I watch, look, I, sports is my vocation and avocation, but it ain't all I got. Yeah. Um, and I, it is a number one preference. Mm-hmm. But there's been stuff, I, I grew up with music uh, in a previous life, actually being a young musician. <laughs> From yeah. 8 to 18, <laughs> I got music, I've got, the, I've got, I've got television, God knows I've got television. And I, I haven't even had Hulu and um, and Prime and Video and yeah, and, and I haven't had any of that until like the last week. I had to have somebody come out and tell me what I had on my TV. Matthew like, hooked it up for you. With American movie classics, I can do just fine with old movies. Oh, really? And old reruns. Oh, old reruns. Yes, yeah. I'm a child of television. I'm a child of the '70s. I'm a child of TV. Wow. And I got direct TV. I got. I'm not unplugged. I'm not. I'm not the unplugged generation. I'm plugged. Yeah. Very plugged in. And so there's, if I got 500 channels a day, it's really more than that. Yeah. I could do with just that. But I've added those others and tried to update and download and stuff. And um, so there's all kind of like, I, you know, I watched Jack Ryan the first. I started binging that, which I haven't had because I didn't know I had Amazon Prime. I do have it. That's an awesome I got show. All kinds of things I'm not on. 
watching them told I should start watching. I may start watching some tonight. Yeah. So and and, and pay per view movies and it just there's there's all kinds of stuff that can keep me busy. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I that can take the place happily of sports because it doesn't take the place happily. Yeah. But that's what I got, and you know you know like like more so than other people, I can make the best of it. I've got a wonderful circumstance. I've got a second home. I can spend this time and out here in the sunshine and 80 degrees in Arizona, and that's what I plan to do until the world turns again, which could, who knows? It could be tomorrow. Yeah. Um, we just don't know. We don't know when it's going to turn and how far. Yeah. Thank you so much, Mike. I really appreciate you giving me way more time than I thought we would, but I yeah, love I'm it so much. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy, my brother. Happy to do it. I look forward to you doing this and ad nauseum a long time yeah uh, as long as you want to this and many other things and so these kinds of discussions uh they're even more necessary now but even in in in, in simpler times they're necessary and, and, and smart capable interested curious people have to lead them like yourself and um, i'm glad to know that that these kinds of conversations are in good hands with you my brother so thank you for having me thank you mike I want to thank Michael Wilbon for coming on the pod. He's a class act and one of the best and brightest in the biz. It was an honor to have him on the pod, and I hope it's not the last time. And thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Please share it if you are so inclined. I would really appreciate it. Ciao for now.